Hey, howdy, hey! It's go time. <laughs> Welcome to a Villa Theory. We're excited to talk, I guess, to you and at you today. But we'd love if you then commented back. We're starting over. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't start over. That's good. Just keep rolling with it. You're All right. Good. Yeah. Welcome. I'm Nicole Avila. This is my husband, CJ Avila. Hi. Hi. Um, and today we're going to talk about investment properties. We spoke a little bit before about short-term rentals, and today we wanted to let you know what we've learned about long-term investment properties, like having renters and all the things that go along with that, and whether or not it's really worth it mm -hmm. to own an investment property or multiple investment properties because of all of the craziness that comes with being, would that be a landlord? Yeah. With being a yeah, property owner, landlord. Yeah. yeah. I think there's, uh, so the last time we <clears throat> talked about real estate, we were, we were discussing the differences between short-term mm -hmm. and investment property in the yeah. eyes of like the mortgage company and the IRS. So if you're interested in those details, go check out that episode. Yes. Um, where we, where we go into that in more depth. But I think today we have learned a number of things in our experience with long-term. Um, many of them were bad. <laughs> they, well, yes. No, yes. They weren't. Okay. They were the result of bad situations, of things that we've learned. And so we yes. want to pass those on. In Mistakes case you're, that we've made yeah. and how we will do it different should we ever have long-term renters again. Yeah. Before we get into that, though, yes, yeah. So we are again um, both drinking peppermint tea tonight, mm -hmm, today, mm -hmm. and that's because your office is freezing cold. I, I know it's great because I'm I'm really happy that it's freezing because that means that we're not spending extra energy trying to heat this room. Mm -hmm. um, we we did recently like. We, we tore down a wall. Was that two years ago? Something like that? We Something tore a wall down like, like two years ago. Mm -hmm. And then like just two weeks ago or so, I put the wall back. Mm -hmm. And this time with insulation. So mm -hmm. it is changing the thermodynamics in here ah. a little bit. Well, we're both drinking from the infamous Starbucks cups yep. that I collected for a while. But I kind of got to the point where... I really only want to collect new ones if I've been there yeah. or I am there. So, I mean, I've gotten, I think, all of the local ones. Mm -hmm. So, today I have my Maryland cup. Um, What's and, the story there? Well... When did you go to Maryland? You've been to Maryland? I have been to Maryland. I didn't For about 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was a layover. Okay. Uh, it was when I first started collecting the cups. I only had like two or three. So we were on our way to Massachusetts. It was my dad and my brother, Ryan. And um, we had the fastest layover I've ever had. I mean, we were sprinting across the airport trying to get to our connecting flight. And uh, they both knew that I really wanted to try to collect a cup if I could. So as we are bolting across this airport, because, of course, the connecting flight was on the other side of it, like mm -hmm. a mile away, uh, I spotted a Starbucks. And so I dove in and grabbed a cup and then... The rest is history. Here it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it was it was really just like an airport. It's an yeah, airport. Yeah, so I, I I have not been to Maryland other than that. Okay. So it doesn't really cool fit story. my criteria. Okay. I'm drinking out of the Seattle cup. Mm -hmm. Was this Seattle cup from our family trip to Seattle? Wait. No. We have not had a family trip to Seattle. We haven't. Mm-mm. When 
Is this from deployment time? No way. No. This one, because we have been to Seattle before, when I heard my mom was traveling there, I asked her to bring a Seattle oh, cup Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, cool. but that's part of the other series. Oh, gotcha. I really like the You Are Here series the best. Which series is this one? Been, been, been there. there. Okay. Mm-hmm. That really opens it up, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, as Starbucks. Right. Yeah, if someone is really passionate about, like, You Are Here. Mm-hmm. then they're not going to get a bin there just because they've been there. But if they have been there, then they're totally comfortable getting Wait, a you've I'm been there. i already. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it. All um, right. So, yeah, a couple things. Um, number one, make sure you find good renters. Right. Right? Like, okay, let's back up a little bit. Yeah, how do you, how do you, <laughs> how do you figure do out what, what a good renter is? You know is? what I think we should also mention? You don't hmm. have to do any of this if you don't want to. Yeah. You could hire somebody. That's yeah. That, that's definitely worth mentioning. Um, there are you can you can hire like a real estate agent, right, to find yes. you a, a renter, yeah. and then I mean, not any real estate agent can do it. They have to have their property management license. Okay. Um, and then they once you find one, they will have their own fees. Um, it's usually about ten percent of the monthly rent, though. Which can add up really fast. So you can you can use a this agent though for both like managing your property long term or like just finding the renter, right? Yes. Like how, yeah. how, how much are we talking? It's a different fee, and I don't know the pricing. Okay. Um, but they will basically do all of the work. They will find uh, the renters. They'll advertise for the house, and they will show it, and then they will run the credit checks. And I believe each state has different laws about what rules they have to follow as property managers. Mm -hmm. It's completely different than if you rented it yourself. Like they can, um, like they can't rent to certain people with certain dogs or they can't ask certain questions that you as a lay person can. Um, They're also, I think maybe even a little bit stricter about who they put in the house. The agents are? Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, then they'll find someone and then they will, they have the um, rental agreement, they draw it up and then they meet with the renters and they get it signed. They do all of that. Um, all you have to do is continue paying your 10% fee each month. And then whenever there's an issue, like the dishwasher stops working or whatever, mm-hmm. the renter always contacts the agent. Mm-hmm. And so then the agent will generally have contacts of their own so they know they can send out a handyman to go fix the fence or whatever. They'll get a quote. Then they contact you and they're like, hey, this is what's going on. Do you approve this amount for it to be fixed? You say yes or no. Done. Got it. But if you're charging, what? $1,500 a month, mm-hmm. that's $150 to your agent mm-hmm. times that by 12. It can get pretty expensive. Yeah, that's pretty pricey. But there's definitely a lot of stress that comes with yes. dealing directly with renters. But so, I think that when you haven't done it before, you don't realize that. Yeah. And so it's easy to think, no, like I can do that all myself. Why am I going to pay somebody? Yeah. Which is what happened to us. Yeah. So... Um, when you're, if you're, if you're doing your own, uh, if you're like trying to fill your own property, right? You buy, you go out, you invest in investment property, you buy a house and you want to get renters into the house. What is the process? And, 
what are the parts that you think make sense to do yourself versus having the agent do? Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, those are all really good things, and it's good to know that you can put off like almost the entire thing onto the agent. Like mm-hmm. it sounds like you can basically just find a real estate agent that specializes in both property management and um, like buy side. What is it called? When the when the agent works buyer's for the agent? yeah buyer's agent, you find mm-hmm. a buyer's agent that works with property managers, then they can help you find the house, buy the house, and then they can fill the house with tenants and then manage it for you, and you can mm-hmm. be like more hands off. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one option. Another option, if you wanted to get into investing in real estate, I guess would be um, in sort of the real estate. Uh, Buying buying real estate as part of like a REIT, as like an REIT, the Real Estate Investment Trust, it's kind of like a stock. You buy like a share of it and the people who manage the stock, they actually like go out and buy the property for you. Another option is something like roof stock where you, uh, again, just buy like um, online. You buy like portions of property online. Okay. Um, those are all, as far as I understand it, very hands-off for dealing with renters. Mm-hmm. But in our experience, we dealt 100, 100% with the renters. Yep. So let's say this is the route you choose to go down. Yeah. First thing you have to do after you buy the house mm-hmm. is to find your renters. Yep. And um, I guess, uh, how, did, how did we even come up with how much we thought we should rent it for each month? Yeah, so I like I guess I did my own comps, like pulled my own comps by looking at Craigslist and looking at Zillow mm-hmm. to see what else in the area was being rented at that rate. Mm-hmm. Um and like apartment a lot of the a lot of those um like websites for people to find apartments or rental houses have recently been rolled up. So a lot of them like tie back to the same systems. Mm -hmm. So if you go into Zillow as a landlord, you can put up your listing like pretty easily. Right. And that will syndicate out to a bunch of different like places where people find rentals. Okay. Um, So then you've done a little bit of research, just kind of pick your price. Yeah. So you you, you do some, you pull some comps, you pick your price Mm -hmm. and we picked ours like pretty high. I think we, we stabbed it like... What if what if we can hit like the eighty fifth to ninety fifth percentile of uh, like rental prices for homes of this size in this neighborhood? Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, we we pick a price, throw it out there, and then you kind of just wait to see if you get any. Where are you throwing it out? <clears throat> so I put it on Craigslist, but I also put it on. Um, I think it was it was either yeah it was through Zillow. Mm-hmm. So through Zillow. You can create your own rental listing and then publish it. And then when you publish through Zillow, you can optionally syndicate that same listing data. So the photos and descriptions and amenities and all that out to um, like Trulia and um, a bunch of other sites. I can't remember all of them, but it was like Homes for Rent or something like that. Um, So it sends it out to all those different places. And then you just start getting emails from renters, um, emails and or texts or calls. Mm-hmm. From potential renters who want to come check out the property, mm-hmm. so then you have to like, it, it's definitely a uh, a process that's not like overnight and takes quite a bit of effort to like schedule all the appointments for the showings and making mm-hmm. sure the house is like. Um, in our case, it was in the middle of summer, so we had to like make sure the air conditioning was on and everything right. was ready to rock to show at like any time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which can be inconvenient unless you sort of like stack it all up and say like, all right, right. we're going to do all the showings on Saturday or something. Right. I mean, if you, I guess if you have enough interest, you could always do a sort of open house. Right. Yeah. Say, you know, I'm going to be there Saturday between two and four, come by. Um, but sometimes the market is not. That uh, high demand. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. When we were in the Bay Area. Yes. It would be like we're having an open house from like noon to three on right. Saturday. Mm-hmm. Like that was your only time to come see it. Yeah. You could and not schedule anything no. privately. And then you walk out like when you walk in at that open house time, there's like four or five, six other families looking at the yeah. same thing. And you were like begging the property manager, like, yeah. hey, look at how awesome I am. Please rent to me. Like yeah. it was such a tough market. Yeah. You gotta turn on the the Jeff Magic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um so that was not our experience here. <laughs> yeah, so... You, you need... Generally, you're going to have to go to the house multiple times to let people see it. Um, but I would say it's worth it to be patient. Totally, yeah. Um, and, and be picky. Yeah. The other thing is that uh, you can... You want to definitely do a credit check and be... Like, set your standards before you run the credit. Like, say, I'm not going to allow anyone who has less than a 550 mm-hmm. or less than a 600 or whatever credit score mm-hmm. and make sure that that is clear and outlined mm-hmm. so that when you run the credit, you're, you're not like weighing that as one of the things like that should immediately disqualify someone. Mm-hmm. We had some really bad experiences mm-hmm. with some very, very low credit I score. Think also renters. something to consider is if you set your price too high, yeah. then the only people who are even willing to really do that are maybe those who don't have high credit because they're like, nobody else is willing to rent to me. Are you willing to rent to me at this higher price, even though my credit is pretty poor? Right. And I would say, don't do it. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we were going through this, I used a service called Cozy, Cozy.co, which is, um, it is like a portal kind of like Airbnb, I would say, but it's for long-term rentals and it lets you do a a bunch of really, um, like obvious things that you would need to do as a landlord for a long-term. One of those is renter screening. So they do like police check, background check, credit check type stuff for you. Uh Um, and how much is that? Uh, I think, I can't remember how much the credit check stuff was, but, um, the the actual um, service was depend depended on like how fast you wanted to get paid out. So if you were comfortable waiting three days for the rent check to come through, then it was free. I want to say, hmm. but if you wanted to like speed it up, then you could pay extra money. Okay. Um, and it it looks like the the background and credit report is like forty dollars uh, total if you bundle it together, which was pretty convenient. Um, yes. So. You know, it's, you could also, I, I don't know about here in Northern Nevada, but in the Bay area, the landlords would charge all of the tenants money to have their credit run. Do you remember this? No. So like when you apply, you had to pay like a hundred dollars or per person? like $50 or something to have your credit run. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so that's, that's another option. Uh, if you're, if you need to run credit and it costs a lot of money, I'm pretty sure that's cool. Maybe that's not legal. I don't know. We're not legal experts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's how we did our renter screening. A uh, couple of things to look out for. If you say no animals, 
then there are lots of like protections for service animals. Mm-hmm. So I, if I were to do this again, mm-hmm. I think I would be a little bit more clear about that. Like, um, you know, asking up front if they have a service animal and then um, making sure that they have all the documentation about that service animal and that it's one animal and that it's, you know, there is like an extra, you know, checkups or whatever. So you can go in and see if the animal has done any damage because we had uh, a, a renter stay and they said they had one service animal and it ended up being like two or three, like, Pitbulls or something crazy, mm-hmm. and which we just, heard from the neighbor yeah, after they moved out. So that was a little yeah. too late. Too late, yeah. Mm-hmm. I also want to mention we we said no animals because we just didn't want the wear and tear on the house. But if you're going to do that, it's kind of it's limiting your options for who can stay there because a lot of people have dogs. Yep. Yep. So just know that if that's something you're going to say no to, your house might sit empty longer until you can really find that right tenant yeah that said these dogs tore up the backyard we had to pay yeah a couple hundred dollars to have a landscaper come and fix the backyard which brings us to our tip of yeah checks like visit the house yep go inside how often do you think i think maybe quarterly okay um what do you think I'd say at least. Yeah. yeah. Just to like go in and do your, uh, you know, like replace the batteries and smoke detectors. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, I was going to say that. I've had someone tell me that the landlord at their rental would come replace the um, air filters. Yeah. And so that like gives you an excuse to get in there. Um, and air filters is what, every three months? Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so then you get a chance to see if the house is being taken care of. Speaking of filters. Yeah. What, what we should share our like filter Ooh, service. What's it I called? Filter Easy. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Easy Filter. Um, it's one of those subscription services. So um, I created us an account, and you can pick like what type of filter you want. Obviously, you would pick what size you need, but then also like the level of filtration. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can set yourself up on a schedule, and it just automatically appears at our doorstep every three months. I think it is. Yep. Uh, and it's fantastic because I, I've i always been in charge of this for some weird reason. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Like, how often do you remember to pick up a filter? Yeah, doing, like, preventative maintenance like that is yeah. hard to remember. And having mm-hmm. it just show up, like, at your doorstep. And then it's such a quick thing. You just open the, yeah. you know, you open the um, the intake, the air intake for the forced air. Yeah. I you definitely have a code for that, though, it. if you want to try it. I think it's like a five or ten dollar off or something oh nice for new yeah um so i'll definitely share that um there's something else i was gonna say about it though oh just how how awesome it was the last time we have um what's the name of our thermostat nest nest we have nest and it had said time to change your filter and then like I feel like a few minutes later, there was a knock at the door and it was like <laughs> UPS dropping off our oh new filter. It's perfect. Like, okay. That yeah. worked out nicely. It's great. Uh, I wonder if you could like connect it, connect the nest to filter easy, like authenticate. Maybe. Like the yeah. Con- yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So that's one schedule, some sort of visits where you can go and check in mm-hmm. uh, on the, you know, Ooh, um, back to, so you found, you found your magical renters. Yep. Um, 
Do you collect first, last, deposit? Yeah, so first, last, and security deposit. There's some like crazy rules in some states around how you have to hold the security deposit. Okay. Yeah, it's first, last, and and deposit. So it's basically like three months. That is worth so of much money. Rent. It is, but that's especially how it, I that's, remember when we were in the Bay looking at houses that were like thirty five hundred dollars. Yeah. Three times thirty five. Yeah. I mean, they who, want like ten grand. It's just like ten grand to put down on your rental. I know. We didn't end up. We didn't have to do three times. We there's no way. We did. No way. Yeah, that's that's how it. That's how. Oh that's how you got to do it because if it's very likely that, especially if you're managing this by yourself and you don't have the resources to like pull in a legal team and um, get someone evicted and blah blah blah, then someone might just skip out and not pay their last month's rent, which mm-hmm. can totally happen. And so you want to make sure you have first not last. Totally. It- it happens. It definitely it, happens. Yeah, it definitely 100% happens. It's not good. So you should collect first, last, and a full security deposit. Um, the Yeah, again, the security deposit might need to be held in some sort of special type of like escrow okay. account or something, mm-hmm. and or like they pay it with a cashier's check. And I rental can- agreements, where have you found those? So I think there is like a standard Nevada like state of Nevada rental agreement okay. that I found. Okay. Um, yeah. So just I, Google. Yeah. Usually I just Google around. You might want to like uh, sit down or pay a real estate agent like hourly or uh, an attorney that specializes in real estate. Mm-hmm. Just like an hour to help you make sure that the language that yes. you have used in your rental agreement makes sense. Yeah. You're protecting yourself. Yeah. A couple of things that are nice to include in there are clauses around like if there is an HOA complaint or an HOA fine, then it's resp- like the renter is responsible for compensating you for that. So if they're not, you know, keeping up with the landscaping or <clears throat> for some reason they, you know, have like a dead car in the driveway and the HOA finds you, uh, you know, $200 or something, then you can pass on that fine mm-hmm. to the renter. Mm-hmm. So that's something that's worth keeping in there. Um, another thing is having a fee that is related to your late fee. So in the rental contract, it's important to make sure that you cover yourself for when the guest may be late on their rent. Mm-hmm. So if if your renters are paying, maybe they're going to like consistently pay you like 10 days late or something, you want to incentivize them to pay you on time so that you can make your mortgage payment and make sure that you have um, you know, the cash flow at the time that you expect and you're not like waiting and you know, having to nag them, that can be very stressful. And so one thing that the way that we had it set up was you have a three-day grace period. Do rent is due on the first and you have a three-day grace period. After those three days, every day that you go over, so the on on the on day four, it costs twenty-five dollars per day uh late fee. Mm-hmm. So if you if you pay on the fourth day, then it was rent plus $25. If you pay on the fifth day, it's rent plus $100. Mm-hmm. No, plus 50. Yeah. Pay on the sixth day, rent plus 75. Seventh day, rent plus 100. And this this was actually like a tool that we were able to use to kind of like offset the stress. Like we were getting super stressed, but we were making like an extra $350 That's true, a month. They like, were late. They were late month. so much. Um, I have to say as uh, the landlord, you have got to have a pretty strong backbone because it's very 
it's hard to say no sometimes. And yeah. so like if they're texting you or calling you and they're like, I'm so sorry, this happened. I promise to have it to you by the 15th. Will that be okay? Like, no, that's not yeah, okay. It's, it's never okay. And don't so... let it happen the first time. And in fact, sorry, I'm talking over you. No, go, go that, yeah, 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 you're same point. Like, I mean, it's just, you want, I, I don't know, as a people person, people pleaser, I want to be like, I get it. It's fine. But yeah. No, this is a business. Yeah, and there there are rules. So the thing I was going to mention is like when you go, if you need to, for some reason, evict the mm-hmm. renter, mm-hmm. there's rules about evicting them that say like if you gave them a bunch of slack and you weren't upholding the contract on your mm-hmm. end, then like a lot of the contract becomes void or something like that. So like you're not able to actually like evict them or recoup late fees or things like that. So yeah. it's really important that you... Are uh, you know stick to your word and yes. and do what you what you claim in the in the contract here. So, I mean, no other business is going to allow you to be late without any consequences. Your credit yep. card payment, your car payment, like all of those things, are going to have some sort of repercussions. So, yep. and again, this is another thing where if you're not comfortable, hire uh, yeah, if an you're not, agent. exactly hire yeah. an agent if you're not comfortable. Doing the work and, you know, mm-hmm. standing up and saying, you know, like, no, you, you must pay on time, then mm-hmm. definitely hire an agent. Um, right. I like you. You have a tip in there about um, landscaping. I think that it would be a really great idea to incorporate maybe um, a monthly or a quarterly um, landscaping company to come out and take care of the property. Yeah. Um, just so you're making, you're covering yourself, you know, yeah. eventually maybe someday you're going to want to resell this mm-hmm. and you don't want to have to redo any of the front or backyard. So including that in your monthly rent could help you cover that already. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think you're right. And I think that was one of the things that helped with fighting back. Like there were certain HOA things that came up because we weren't maintaining the front, Mm -hmm. the front yard. Right. And by having uh, the landscaper go over there, was it like once a month or something? Like maybe once every two months we had him like, we definitely had him go out and turn on and turn off the sprinklers when it was, you know, change of season. Mm -hmm. And then we had him go out and do a cleanup when we got a, a notice that, you know, the yard was messy. And then we, I think at that point, started saying, like, all right, let's just have the landscaper go once a month or once every two months or something, maybe. I don't know. That I think that would be a good. Totally. Definitely, like, worth it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I wouldn't leave it up to the renter. I wouldn't say, like, your options are to pay an extra $30 a month yeah. and not worry about landscaping or take care of it yourself. Because they're probably going to say, I don't want to spend you know, an extra $360 a year. I'll do it myself. But then maybe they won't or maybe they're not mm-hmm. doing it up to your standards, yep. the HOA standards. So I would just take care of it. Just I agree. Wrap it up in the monthly fees. Are there, is there anything else you could think of that you would wrap in the monthly I don't think so. I think that I would definitely have them, if it's possible, depending on your property, like have them pay for all of their electricity and cable. Um, as an owner, mm-hmm. we paid for water. I think, I don't oh, think no, we paid for water. Just sewer and garbage? Yes. Okay. Sewer and garbage are, I think, are important because if you don't pay for garbage, then you don't know if they're going to just like leave trash mm-hmm. or something. I was worried about that. Like mm-hmm. if we don't pay for trash, are they just going to like 
have piles of trash in the yeah. house. Um, what do you think about the size of a long term, like this, the actual physical size of the property? Like, if you were to do this again, would you have bought? I think it was a was a four bedroom, mm-hmm. four bedroom. Mm-hmm. It just depends on where you're trying to buy something. We were purchasing out in an area that is full of families. Yeah. And we wanted to get the most for our money. And so we felt like a four bedroom was what the average family really wants to live in. I mean, the average size family is like two or three kids. Yeah. So it just depends on, on what you're... I don't know, I guess what you're trying to accomplish. Like if if we were buying something downtown, no, I would have bought, you know, a one bedroom or a studio or something to try mm-hmm. to appeal to maybe a single person who already works downtown and just wants to be close to all of the live action of whatever. Yeah. So for most of our or actually like so the short term rental that we have is very family friendly. It's targeted at families. Mm-hmm. When we but, bought this long term, it was targeted at families. Yeah. But what I was going to say is that the the short term, people go to Tahoe to do things outside. They yep. don't go to Tahoe for a luxury house. Yep. So having only two bedrooms at that house, mm-hmm. I think, is totally fine. Yeah. Well, what, one thing that I was going to point out is something to think about is if you have the money to buy a big four bedroom, then you might consider cutting that in half and buying two one-bedroom or one- or two-bedroom houses because then you sort of spread out your your um, your load across two different uh, sets of people. You're, like, you're diversifying, right? So if, if we had, instead of buying a big four, <laughs> spread out your load. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if, if you instead... Uh, Take your investment and yeah. diversify it by buying multiple smaller properties that are easier to maintain. And if you, let's say you buy, instead of buying that big one, we bought two smaller ones. Uh-huh. Then it's possible that like maybe one of them we were having a really hard time getting a renter for it. Right. But if the other one was rented, yeah. then we're only out like one of the smaller mortgages and not like a big, big mortgage right. um, every month. I think it really just depends on the demand. Like maybe you want to take an agent out to lunch be like, what are you noticing? Like mm-hmm. I'm sure when I was working in real estate, you could call our office, a family would call and be like, we're looking for a three bedroom or a four bedroom. What do you have? And we're like, nothing. There's nothing. Everything is completely full. So just go and pick someone's brain and they can maybe say like, oh yeah, get one bedrooms. One bedrooms are in high demand right now. You can definitely charge quite a bit. Yeah. I would, I yeah. guess, I mean, just do your research. Yeah, do your do your homework for sure mm-hmm. is definitely like the point there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Be meticulous about the math, like the break-even math. And there are a lot of things that you won't think about that go into the actual cost of ownership. Um, so when you're looking at buying the property, there are closing fees. You're going to have your mortgage to pay for, your taxes, um, the principal. The principal of the mortgage, the insurance, um, maybe even uh, like, well, in the case of an investment property, you're putting 20% down, so you don't have to pay property uh, mortgage insurance, Mm -hmm. but you do have to pay um, those utilities that we talked about. You want to pay for the sewer. You want to pay for the garbage. 
you may also want to pay for landscaping and mm-hmm. maybe your property manager and maybe and you will need to pay for electricity mm-hmm. in between renters. Yep. You can't show a house in the middle of summer with no air conditioning. Yep. You will likely pay uh, every time that the house is empty or vacant, you're going to have to pay the entire mortgage and utilities and whatever. Mm-hmm. But also, um, every time that you switch, there's oftentimes like startup fees for some of these utilities. So you have to pay like a hundred dollars, like turn the water on or things like that. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be like, um, switching costs every time that you f- like flip the house and have a different renter come stay. Uh, other things that you may not think about is like cleaning fees. Mm-hmm. You have to pay to have the carpets cleaned. You'll have to pay to have, uh, you know, a cleaning staff come over and deep, deep clean and scrub the whole property. Mm-hmm. Uh, landscaping we talked about. Um, you may need to like replace or remodel yes. certain things. Yeah. So like the cabinets were, doors were like falling off the cabinets. and Or even just the normal stuff you would have to take care of when you own a house. Yeah, you paint know? and... yeah. Servicing air conditioning yep. and water heaters breaking, or yep. I mean, there's just so many things. Owning a house is very expensive. It's very expensive. So, so maybe able. don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, just setting money aside each month. You know, if if your mortgage is only a thousand dollars, but you're charging fifteen hundred, maybe saving a little bit of that five hundred for when something breaks. Yeah. Um. Yeah, another thing that's uh, important to think about too is that actually being the primary owner and like handling the renters yourself and kind of dealing with all of this yourself is much easier if you're handy. <laughs> like yeah. if you are comfortable like attaching and detaching dryer hoses and replacing uh, toilets and mm-hmm. uh, like outlet fixtures and it's cleaning carpets and if, stuff like that. If you live near the property. Yeah, yeah. Because if you're going to be the one fixing it, yes, they call you 2 p.m. on a Saturday and you're mm-hmm. about to go off to some birthday party and they're like, oh my goodness, the, I don't know, something is clogged. Yeah. Then um, you have to race out there because they can't, you don't want to leave them. Yeah. And you like don't want that. to expect your renter to like clean out the, like make sure that the shower can still drain. I don't know. If you do want them to do that, maybe you should put it in the rental contract. Yes, definitely. Um, but yeah, in terms of being an absentee property owner, like a landlord that's not that doesn't live in the same place, mm-hmm. did you have experience with that when you were helping out with property management stuff? Yes, you mean like the, not living in the same yeah. state? So yeah. Like, what did yeah, that? Did. How did that work? Exactly how I described before. I mean, the agent just took care of everything and any uh, financial decisions that needed to be made. You just call them up and say, "Look, the fence fell over." I've called somebody. They said it'll, you know, cost this much to fix it. Do you approve? And they say, yes, send me the receipt. And that's it. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. That's pretty convenient. It is so nice. <laughs> so it's also worth mentioning, too, that long-term property management mm-hmm. costs less than short-term. When it's when it's a short-term, like Airbnb, you can do this thing called co-hosting or have, like, an official property manager that manages it for you. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, those short-term property managers are going to charge 20, 25, 30%. Yeah. So it is much more expensive, but there's also a lot more involved because mm-hmm. you are cleaning the property five, like two to five to six times a month. Mm-hmm. You are, you're coordinating and communicating with you now like dozens of different renters throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you are, 
managing the listings on a bunch of different sites. It's not just like a one-time fill the property and then maybe you're done for a year or two or three. Mm -hmm. You have to kind of like constantly deal with. Yeah, there's a lot more work involved. Yeah, so if you can do the short-term or long-term with a property manager and that takes off a lot of the the work, but if you're doing either, it's going to be kind of expensive. Yeah. So if you have, I would say like, if this is something that interests you, try to put more money down. It, and like, ideally, you buy it cash, and yes. then you use a property manager, and the property manager's cut comes directly out of the mm-hmm. like rent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you're just kind of like making a little bit of profit each month. Mm-hmm. But not everyone's in that situation, and yeah. this has been this has been definitely one of the highest leverage tools to increasing our net worth. Absolutely, has been like elbow grease. Yeah. Sweat, tears, yeah. painting, and at although midnight. we have horror stories about yeah. our long-term renter, like we spoke with our neighbor the other day, and he has multiple properties, and he's like, "I've never had any issues. My renters are great." But he also said, "Like he's really picky, really picky." Yeah. So I would say take the time at the beginning to find that perfect. Yeah. Do not rush the renter screening process. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So with all of that, would you do it again? I Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think like going into it again, though, I would definitely buy something smaller. It, so for the record, the mm-hmm. house that we bought that we were renting out long term mm-hmm. was way bigger than our own primary house. Mm-hmm. Like it did not make very much sense because it was such a beast of a house. Mm-hmm. And if I were to do it again, I definitely would have broken it up into a, uh, maybe two or three like studio or one bedroom or maybe even like a um, like a duplex mm-hmm. to spread out the the <laughs> to spread out the uh, the issues and the management and uh, but then you have multiple people calling you you do but it's only three times as many people it or? is but you you cut the risk in half the financial risk you cut the financial risk mm-hmm. in half by doing but your it that workload way. increases three times um maybe I don't know like. Potentially, yes, mm-hmm. but I think that's that's definitely something I would do. Um, I would love to buy some land and build a house and rent it out, or maybe buy some land, build a house and Airbnb it. Cool. She's rolling her eyes at me. Right you can't see this, but she's giving me the hardest side you eye. Like, <laughs> go ahead and do that, dear. The uh, the the remodel for the Airbnb was really. Uh, it was a ton of work, and we had babies. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, if money isn't an issue, then yeah, let's do that. Oh, you okay? So it's for you. It's more like a financial thing, yeah. Than it is like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just getting the itch again. Okay, it's been like two years since we did. Well, that big let me remodel. tell you, I have lots of projects for this house. So if you <laughs> want to work on something, I'd like some new floors. Oh maybe my some new gosh! Paint. Oh my I mean, gosh! Okay. I can keep you busy. All right, no problem. Um, Speaking about staying busy, what have you been busy with with these (laughs) munchkins? Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. So Logan is sick, and it started off with just a fever, no big deal. And then midnight one night, it was an awful, awful cough, and he was up like every 30 minutes just coughing or whimpering a little bit. So the next day, I was like, I got to take him to the doctor take him to the doctor and I couldn't get him in until the early afternoon and so he stayed home from school and pretty much slept all 
day. Very uncharacteristic of this young chatterbox. Yes, complete <laughs> opposite. And so it's like, yeah, he must not be feeling good. Take him in. They swab him. He tests positive for the flu. The flu. So, I mean, the flu is a virus. There's not much you can do for it except try to support your immune system. So that was on a Thursday. Yes, that was on a Thursday, and we're now on Sunday, so we're on day four of the flu. Mm-hmm. The three of us who live with Logan are all terrified. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're walking. Get. We're walking around in those suits from um, Monsters Inc. That they're like, oh yeah, twenty three nineteen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, knock on wood, we're all doing okay. I think because we all see the same doctor doctors group, um, and that's where I took him. She the nurse practitioner was like, I can prescribe the Tamiflu, which I guess helps to reduce the symptoms um, to everyone in your family and you can take it, you know, preventatively. So we've all been on it. And I mean, we probably all are fighting it at least a little bit. Yeah, I think we definitely, I mean, we've all been exposed to it and the flu is pretty serious. So he's doing much better though. I mean, Thursday I said that he pretty much slept, but every day since then, his energy has just increased, which makes it very difficult because we want to quarantine him to his room. Mm-hmm. But he's such an extrovert. Yeah. He just wants to talk. He wants to talk. I cho- I showed him today how to text. Oh, yeah, he did And text uh, it's pretty funny. Yeah. So that is what I have been doing. Awesome. Mm-hmm. How about you? Um, I have also been doing all of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. helpful, right? You are very helpful. Yeah. Um, but the the only other thing that I wanted to do is give a, a big shout out to uh, Rose for her hangover cure. Thanks for sharing that with us. Yes. Yeah, that was awesome. That was another story. Yeah. But yeah, we had a, a hard morning <laughs> the week before last. Yeah. So we asked for hangover cures. And what was hers? Hers was Red Bull and Advil. Nice. I don't know. I've never done that. I, I've never was... had Red Bull. <laughs> Oh, another, like, should we do, let's do some shout outs. Like lots of people have uh, started reaching out and started following us on Insta. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, we really appreciate the love. Yeah, It's been nice. Uh, We would love to feature you if you have like your own little business. If you're running, uh, you know, a started, uh, started self, I don't know, self business at home, like your own thing. Mm -hmm. What is the name for that? If you have like an at-home business uh-huh. and it's the holidays, we're going into the holidays. Ah, we'd yes. love to like represent and, you know, give you a shout out. So we've got a couple folks in mind, but if you're interested in uh, doing a little uh, interview with us or something. Okay. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of friends who are doing really cool stuff and I'd love to have them on and mm. have them strut their stuff and yeah. tell people in the world <laughs> I'm looking at your list now. I'm like, yeah. where is he going with us? Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, I see, I see. Okay. Yeah, no, okay. So that's that's basically it. The only thing I want to leave you with is that my brother started doing stand-up comedy, uh-huh. and it's hilarious. It is. It's really good. I'm so proud of him. He's, he's killing it. Mm-hmm. So if you're in northern Nevada and you want to go check out some really funny comedy. Well, we haven't asked him if that's We haven't asked yet. him, but I... <laughs> but we think you should yeah, go. Throwing him under the bus, and we think you should go check out his stand-up. It's super, super funny. Really fun. Uh, and yeah, I think that's all I've got. Great. Well, all right. Enjoy, your, uh, enjoy those last few days of Disney plus everyone free Disney plus. Yeah. <laughs> take your vitamin C, wash your hands, drink your water. How'd your kids? How'd your kids? How'd your kids? <laughs> <laughs>
protect yourself from the flu. Yes. All right. Peace. Bye.